0: Hey everyone, it's Twinteen Tales with Aussie Dad, and today we're continuing on with the book Dork Diaries. Tuesday, September 17. I can't believe I'm actually writing this while hiding in a janitor supply closet. I know it's super grungy in here and smells like an old, wet, mildewy mop, but I didn't know where else to go. I absolutely hate, 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 hate this stupid school. Today at lunch I was carrying my tray and trying to get to table 9 where I was supposed to meet Chloe and Zoe. Things were getting pretty good because I'd managed to sneak past the jock table without the football players making those embarrassing farting noises with their armpits. But as I was walking past Mackenzie's table I really wasn't paying attention. She and Jessica must have still been pretty mad at me about the party invitation and the art competition because this is what happened. And it has a picture of all the different tables and her trying to get to her table. Me in the lunchroom trying to get to table nine. I tripped and suddenly everything started moving in slow motion. My lunch tray went flying up over my head and I heard a very familiar voice shrieking, No! Then, in horror, I realised it was mine. It looks like Mackenzie or Jessica tripped her over. I fell flat on the floor and was so stunned I could barely breathe. My spaghetti and cherry jubilee dessert was smeared across my face and the front of my clothes. I looked like a life-size version of one of Brianna's messy finger paintings. I just closed my eyes and lay there like a beach whale with every inch of my body aching. Even my hair hurt. However, the worst part was that the entire cafeteria was laughing like crazy. I was so embarrassed, I wanted to die. I could barely see because I had cherry jubilee in my eyes and it made everything look red and really blurry. Finally, I gathered the strength to crawl to my knees. But each time I tried to get up, I slipped in the mixture of spaghetti and milk and fell back down again. I have to admit, I probably looked hilarious sloshing around in my lunch like that. And if it hadn't actually been happening to me, I definitely would have been laughing my butt off along with everyone else. Then Mackenzie folded her arms, glared at me and yelled, So, Nicky, are you having a nice trip? Of course, that withy little comment made everyone laugh even harder. It was the cruelest thing Mackenzie could have possibly said, especially since she was partially responsible for my trip. I was so humiliated I started to cry. The good news was the tears washed all the gunk out of my eyes and I could see again. But the bad news was all I could see was this guy kneeling over me with a camera dangling on my face. And only one person in the whole entire school owns a camera like that. In a split second I knew exactly what was going to appear on the front page of the next issue of our school newspaper. And I was not going to be sending that article to any of my relatives. It was very clear to me that some way, somehow, Mackenzie had completely charmed Brandon with her awesome beauty-liciousness and lured him over to the dark side. And then brainwashed him. How could my crush, the secret love of my life, do such a horrible and wicked thing to me? I felt like I'd been stabbed in the heart with my favourite lucky ink pen. The hot pink sparkly one with the feathers, beads and sequins on the end and left to die. On the floor of the cafeteria. With everyone watching. And laughing. By my beloved Brandon. Then, the most bizarre thing happened. Brandon kind of smiled at me, slid his camera out of the way, grabbed my hand and pulled me up off the floor. You? Okay? I tried to say yes, but my voice just made a gurgling sound like I was strangling or something. I swallowed and took a deep breath. Sure, I'm okay. I had spaghetti for dinner yesterday. But i wasn't nearly this slippery i cringed i couldn't believe i just said that i am such a retard then i watched spellbound as brandon handed me a napkin in what seemed like slow motion i almost died right there on the spot when our fingers accidentally touched ever so slightly Like a gentle but wild squirrel slurping sweet nectar from one of those dainty purply flowers in my mother's garden that my dad accidentally sprayed with weed killer. Our eyes locked and for a split second it was as if we were gazing into the deep misty cavern of each other's wounded souls. I will forever remember the words he whispered into my trembling ear. Um, I think you have something on your face. I blushed, and my knees started feeling all wobbly. Probably my lunch. Yeah, probably. Unfortunately, our very serious emo convo, which, by the way, means emotional conversation, was rudely interrupted by Mr Snodgrass, our lunchroom monitor, but everyone calls him Mr Snot, and a not-so-nice word. He started cleaning up the mess on the floor and lecturing me about my responsibility as a young adult to keep my food on my tray at all times. Brandon rolled his eyes at Mr Snodgrass in a very chivalrous manner, and then he kind of smiled at me again. I guess I'll see you in biology. Yeah, okay, and thanks, you know, for the napkin. Hey, no prob. Actually, we have napkins just like this at home. My mum got them on sale at Walmart. Oh, that's, um... Cool. Well, later. Sure. See you bye, bio. Then Brandon picked up his backpack and left the cafeteria. I just clutched the napkin over my heart and sighed. <sighs> In spite of everything that had just happened, I suddenly felt very happy and butterfly all over. But that feeling lasted only about ten seconds, because that's how long it took me to notice Mackenzie. She was so angry, her whole face was all droopy and distorted. She actually looked a little scary. I hope you're not stupid enough to think he'd like a loser like you, she howled like a banshee. But I guess I was still kind of disoriented, because I didn't have the slightest idea of what she was talking about. Um, he who? I asked. That's when Jessica blurted out. You are such a klutz! OMG! Look at her! I think she peed her pants. And then Mackenzie was like, OMG, you're right, she did pee her pants. And both of them started laughing and pointing at me again. I just rolled my eyes at them and said, yeah, right. I spilled milk on my pants. Don't you morons know milk when you see it? Then I ran out of the cafeteria and went straight to the nearest girl's bathroom. Inside, there were about five girls at the mirror trying out one another's lip gloss flavors. They completely froze and just stared at me in horror with their mouths wide open. It was like they had never seen anyone covered from head to foot in spaghetti and cherry jubilee before. Some people are so rude. I kind of staggered back into the hallway like a zombie. But instead of leaving a trail of slimy rotted flesh, I left a trail of spaghetti sauce and cherry jubilee. Then I noticed the door of the janitor's utility closet near the drinking fountain was cracked open a little bit. I peeked inside, and since no one was in there, I snuck in and closed the door. I felt so horrible. That's when I burst into tears and started writing in my diary. Pretty soon, I heard some vaguely familiar voices whispering and snickering outside the door. I just knew Mackenzie and her peeps were trying to track me down to harass me some more about peeing my pants. Are you sure she's in there? I think so. The spaghetti leads right up to this door and stops. And look, Cherry Jubilee footprints. She has to be in there. I was like, just great. At that moment, I would have given anything to just disappear into thin air. Then, they actually had the nerve to knock on my door. Well, not exactly my door, but the door to the janitor's closet. I felt like the victim in one of those horror movies where the girl's home alone and hears a knock at the front door. And when she goes to open the door, everyone in the audience is yelling, Don't open it! Don't open it! But she opens the door anyway because she doesn't know she's in a horror movie. But I was not stupid. I knew I was trapped in a horror flick, so I didn't open the door to the janitor's closet. All of a sudden, it got really quiet, and I suspected it was a trick to make me think they had left. But I had a feeling in my gut they were still out there. Nicky, are you okay? We just heard what happened. Yeah, we wanted to make sure you were all right. That's when I finally recognised the voices. It was Chloe and Zoe. Zoe said, Girl, don't make me bust this door down because you know I'll do it. That kind of made me laugh because Zoe has trouble opening her locker and sometimes even her bottled water. I was like, yeah, right. Then Chloe said, If you're not going to come out and talk to us, we're coming in. The next thing I knew, Chloe and Zoe were poking their heads inside the janitor's closet and acting all goofy. Chloe was snorting and giving me jazz hands and Zoe was sticking out her tongue and giving me the stink eye. They were like, what's up girlfriend? For some reason, seeing them made me start crying all over again. Soon, the three of us were just chilling out in the janitor's closet talking about all the drama with Jessica and Mackenzie. But I left out the part about Brandon on purpose because I was still kind of embarrassed about it. Plus, I was pretty sure he'd pick Mackenzie over me any day. If I were a guy, I sure would. I was so not getting my hopes up about Brandon actually liking me. Pretty soon, the lunch period was almost over. Chloe and Zoe helped scrub most of the food stains off my clothes with paper towels and hand soap right at the big sink. There were still some stains we couldn't get off though. I couldn't believe it when Zoe ran to a locker to get me her favourite lucky sweater to wear to cover them up. And Chloe said that if I applied an extra amount of her Candy Apple Swirl Ultra Shiny Lip Gloss along with her Midnight Blue Eyeliner, everyone, especially the guys, would notice my beautiful luscious lips and dreamy eyes instead of the pea stain. Er, uh, I mean, milk stain on the front of my pants. Which, lucky for me, was not that noticeable since it was starting to dry up. In spite of how badly things went at lunch, I definitely feel a lot better now. I guess maybe I don't hate this school quite as much anymore, but I bet Brandon thinks I'm a total klutz. Wednesday, September 18. I think I'm suffering from no mobile phone phobia I know it sounds like some really nasty disease where you're covered from head to toe with itchy runny sores or something hideous like that, but it's actually the irrational fear of not having a mobile phone. The worst thing about no mobile phone is that it sometimes causes hallucinations and makes you do insanely stupid things. I think I had an attack of this very debilitating disease on my way home from school today. I thought for sure I saw a tiny, cute phone thingy that clips around your ear, lying on the sidewalk near our mailbox. I was like, sweet! A free phone thingy! It's all good! But when I took a closer look, it was kind of a bright peachy colour. I guess that what I had found was actually a hearing aid. Of course, I was devastated when I finally figured this out because I was really pumped about having found a free phone thingy just lying there on the sidewalk. I figured it probably belonged to Mrs Wallabanger, the little old lady who lives next door. I suspected she was hard of hearing because for the past few days whenever I said good morning to her on my way to school, she'd ask me to repeat what I said like seven times. She has a scrawny little Yorkie named Cream Puff and she walks him twice a day. Cream Puff looks like a fuzzy ball of lint on four legs but he's as vicious as a Doberman. Anyway, I spent five minutes trying to decide whether or not to knock on Mrs Wallabanger's door and ask if she had lost her hearing aid, but I figured if she hadn't, it would be a waste of my time and energy, and if she had it, it would be an even bigger waste of my time and energy. I was right. This is what happened. Me, talking very loudly, Mrs Wallabanger, not really hearing me. What I said, what she said, so what I said... Hi, Mrs. Wallabanger. I just stopped by to ask if you lost your hearing aid. What she said. What'd you say, Missy? Your hearing aid. Is it lost? Uh, speak up, why don't you? Did you lose your hearing aid? Ah, you say I need to lose my hairy legs. Hearing aid! Hearing aid! Don't get fresh with me, you little whippersnapper. My hairy legs are none of your beeswax. Get off my property. I was like, never mind. My little chat with Mrs Wallabanger did not go well. So I figured I'd just hold on to her hearing aid for a while, since she only comes out of the house to walk her dog. What's the worst that could happen? Okay, so maybe the worst that could happen is Mrs Wallabanger gets run over by a truck. But could you really say it was my fault? Thursday, September 19. Today, my social studies teacher, Mr. Simmons, reminded the class of our project on how recycling can help stop global warming is due on Monday. I didn't have the slightest idea what I was going to do. I figured I'd just wait until my creative juices started flowing and come up with something the night before like I always do. Anyway, at lunch, I saw a group of CCP girls crowded around Mackenzie raving about her brand new Prada mobile phone. And get this... She had a phone thingy clipped on her ear that looked almost identical to the hearing aid I'd found. Even though I was starting to feel a little guilty about keeping Mrs Wallabanger's hearing aid, I suddenly got this fantastically brilliant idea for my social studies project. My project was going to, one, encourage recycling to cut down on pollution, two, help stop global warming by reducing the number of hot airbags yakking non-stop on mobile phones, Three, boost my popularity at school by making everyone think I owned an expensive new phone thingy, just like Mackenzie's. I borrowed my dad's video camera and taped my project. How to make a faux phone thingy from an old hearing aid. Hi, I'm Nicky, and I'm going to show you how to make a faux phone thingy from an old hearing aid. The word faux is pronounced faux as in phony it's a french word snobby people use that means fake or knockoff step 1 gather your supplies for this project you'll need one hearing aid recycled found or borrowed one paper plate and one can of spray paint black or silver depending on the model you plan to make step 2 paint your hearing aid utilizing my very expert and highly creative skills in arts and crafts i place mrs wallabang i mean my recycled hearing aid on a paper plate. Then I carefully spray paint it a shiny metallic black. Next, I allow the paint to dry for 30 minutes. Recycling is a vital step in stopping global warming, as my very fine teacher Mr. Simmons has taught our social studies class. Waves to Mr. Simmons. Step 3. Make up a script for your faux cause. Even though your phone thingy will look so real, it'll fool your family and friends, you must always keep in mind that it is not real. This means you'll have to make up faux, phony things to say while you're wearing it, like... One. Dee-dee-dee, dee-dee-dee. This is your phone ringing. I recommend using a very high-pitched voice for authenticity, or you can sing or hum your favourite song for a top 40 ringtone. Two, OMG, I can't believe she actually said that. I'm going to hang up and call, insert the name of your biggest school gossip, right now. Three, I'd really love to give you my mobile phone number, but I get so many calls that my rents said I'm not allowed to give it out anymore or they'll take away my phone. But if you like, I can put you on my waiting list to receive it. Four, Hello? Hello? Can you hear me now? You're breaking up. Hello? 5. Ugh, another dropped call. I hate having insert the name of a credit phone company as a service provider. 6. Hello. I'd like to order a large pizza with extra insert favorite pizza toppings and hold the insert least favorite pizza toppings. Thanks. 7. Shoot! This stupid thing isn't working anymore. Either my battery is low or I need to buy some more minutes. Sorry. The very convincing lie you tell when someone asks to borrow your cool phone to make a quick call. Remember, it's not real. Step 4. Clip your faux phone thingy on your ear and start talking. Congratulations! Your new faux phone thingy is now ready for public use. Impress your family and amaze your friends. But most importantly, do your part to help stop global warming by recycling an old hearing aid into a faux phone thingy today. The end. Unfortunately, I had a little complication with step four. After dinner, I decided to practice humming my ringtone so I could start receiving faux calls in school tomorrow. I'd been wearing my phone for only about five minutes when I felt a mild irritation and burning sensation on my right ear and the area around it. However, after 10 minutes, it turned into a full-blown rash, a really itchy, irritating one. It didn't take long for me to come to the conclusion that the rash was all my mum's fault. Why she never bothered to tell me I was highly allergic to shiny metallic black spray paint, I'll never know. I mean, she had to have known this information, right? This is the same woman who gave birth to me. Lucky for me, my dad still had some antihistamine cream left over from the time he got attacked by those wasps. So I slathered it all over my ear and the side of my face. Since I had no further use for Mrs Wallabanger's hearing aid, I decided the moral and right thing to do was to return it to her. Anonymously. I placed her hearing aid in a little box with a bow on it and attached a note. Then I put it on her front step, rang a doorbell and ran away. It's not like I was scared of her or anything. I just kind of wanted it to be a surprise. Later that evening, I saw Mrs. Wallabanger walking a dog, and sure enough, she was wearing her hearing aid and a huge smile. If I ever find another hearing aid on the sidewalk, I'm definitely going to just leave it there. I only hope, one, I get a decent grade on my global warming project, and two, this ugly rash goes away before school tomorrow. Ugh! Now that my crush, Brandon, had finally noticed I was alive, there was no way I was going to school with a rash that made my ear look like it belonged to a severely sunburned Keebler elf. You know, the ones who bake cookies inside a tree trunk infested with ants, termites, centipedes and beetles? I always wondered what those brown crunchy things were in their cookies. Ew. Anyway... I knew my mum was not going to let me stay home from school unless I was spiking a temperature of at least 289 degrees which by the way is the same temp she uses to bake her Thanksgiving turkey my mum's life mother is hey why let a little case of gangrene or leprosy get in the way of achieving a good education after trying every trick in the book I finally figured out how to convince my mum I was too ill to go to school I had to pretend to throw up all over myself. Now, how sick is that? I came up with this idea last spring after Brianna had the stomach flu. Mum took time off from work and let my little sister stay home from school for an entire week. On top of that, she totally pampered Brianna by buying her all of her favourite Disney movies on DVD and a new computer game to keep her occupied while she was in bed. I think all that vomiting must have really got to Mum. About three weeks later, I stayed home from school with a bad case of strep throat and was hoping to at least get a couple of new CDs out of it, but all mum bought me was a cruddy box of popsicles. And to make matters worse, they were the really gross, low-calorie kind with no sugar. They tasted like frozen pickle juice on the stick. I was like, delish. Thanks a million, mum. But I have to admit, Brianna was a lot sicker than I was. She couldn't keep anything down, not even water. I refused to go anywhere nearer unless I was suited up in full puke protection gear. Since I was pretty sure mum was not going to consider my rash serious enough to let me stay home from school, I decided to run downstairs and make a quick batch of phony vomit aka faux puke, which I needed because of the rash caused by my faux phone. It was just another one of my life's surprising little ironies. Lucky for me, I was the first one out of bed, which meant I had the kitchen completely to myself for about 15 minutes. Since things were going to get a little messy, I changed into my old heart PJs and rushed downstairs. My secret recipe was easy to make, and it looked and smelled like the real thing. Stay home from school, faux vomit. One cup of cooked oatmeal. Half a cup of sour cream or buttermilk ranch dressing or anything that smells like rancid sour milk. Two chopped cheese sticks for chunkiness, one uncooked egg, uh, one uncooked egg for authentic slimy texture, one can of split pea soup for putrid green color, one quarter cup of raisins to increase grossosity, mix ingredients and simmer over low heat for two minutes. Let mixture cool to warm vomit temperature. Uh, use liberally as needed. makes four to five cups. Warning. This stuff is so gross that it might really make you sick to your stomach and cause you to really throw up, in which case you'll really need to stay home from school. I poured about two cups into a bowl, ran back upstairs to my room and dumped it down the front of my heart PJs. Then I yelled down the hall in a really whiny voice, Mum, please come quick. I don't feel so good. My stomach is really queasy and I think I'm going to... Of course, it worked like a charm. Mum was totally convinced and said that not only did I have an upset stomach, but also there was a mild rash on my ear. She said that since I was not running a temperature, I'd probably feel better after a day of bed rest. I told her that suddenly I was feeling a lot better already. Wink, wink. Then she cleaned up my mess, helped with my bubble bath and tucked me back into bed with a kiss actually slept until the Tyra Bank show came on at noon. I just love that girl. However, when I went into the kitchen to grab a bite for lunch, I suddenly realised I'd totally forgotten to pour the leftovers of my faux vomit down the garbage disposal. So when I saw that my mum had left a note for me on the counter right next to the now empty pot of puke, I just knew she was onto me and I was in really big trouble. I totally panicked and my stomach started feeling queasy, but this time, for real. Her note said, Dear Nicky, thank you for making breakfast for us even though you are not feeling well this morning. Your oatmeal was delicious and we all had seconds. You must cook this for us again soon. We are so very lucky to have such a kind and considerate daughter. Thanks again. Love, Mum. P.S. Hope you're feeling better. I spent the entire afternoon just lounging around watching television and raiding the fridge. I even ordered pizza. Plus, I had three things to be very happy about. One, the Tyra Banks show rocked. Two, my rash completely cleared up. And three, my parents think I'm a 14-year-old Rachel Ray. Monday, September 23rd. I think Chloe and Zoe have totally lost their minds. First of all, They practically freaked out when Mrs. Peach announced she was taking six of her most hard-working and committed LSAs on a five-day field trip to the New York City Public Library to participate in National Library Week. From what I understand, it's like a big Mardi Gras celebration for people obsessed with libraries. Mrs. Peach is already making plans, even though it's in April, which is still a whole seven months away. But when Mrs. Peach said there was going to be a meet and greet with a lot of really famous authors like Kate Bryan, Scott Westerfeld, DJ McHale and some guy I've never heard of. Zoe said he's Dr. Phil's son and a fave self-help guru for teens. Chloe and Zoe actually started jumping up and down and screaming their heads off. I was like girlfriends, take a chill pill, please! Mrs. Peach's announcement. Great news, girls. I'm taking six of my LSAs to a meet and greet with authors for National Library Week. Whatever. And then her friends, Zoe and Chloe. OMG! OMG! I mean, I was excited, but not that excited. Now, if Mrs. Peach had announced she was taking us to NYC to have a meet and greet with, like, the Jonas Brothers Kanye West and Justin Timberlake, I'd have hyperventilated, fainted, and rolled around on the floor having seizures. What I wish Mrs Peach had announced. Great news, girls, we're having a meet and greet with the hottest boy bands in the known universe and history of mankind. Me losing my mind. Eek! The other two friends, Zoe and Chloe. Uh. Chloe and Zoe are really nice and sweet friends, but I have to admit that sometimes they are like, so weird. The whole time we were shelving books, they were talking non-stop about how we needed to do something really special to convince Mrs Peach to select the three of us for the trip to New York City. Well, why don't we just try to be the most hard-working and committed LSAs, I suggested, and we could start by maybe dusting off the books? It was a no-brainer to me. But Chloe and Zoe both looked at me like I was crazy. All of the other LSAs are going to be doing boring stuff like that to impress her, Chloe groaned. Yeah, we need to come up with a secret plan that will blow Mrs Peach's mind, Zoe said excitedly. Okay, so dusting the library books was not exactly a mind-blowing idea. But it definitely would have solved my little sneezing problem. We were putting out a batch of brand new magazines when Chloe swiped a That's So Hot and buried her nose in it. Suddenly she gasped, and then shrieked. OMG, this is exactly what we should do. What? Get makeovers and become teen supermodels? I asked sarcastically. No, of course not, Chloe said, rolling her eyes at me. I know, I know. Make your face zip-proof. Zoe said, reading one of the captions printed on the magazine cover. ''No way,'' Chloe said. ''Not that.'' She was so excited her eyes were practically bulging out of their sockets. Then she shoved the magazine in our faces and pointed, ''THIS!'' Me and Zoe were like, tattoos. Are you nuts?'' ''A tattoo promoting reading would be perfect.'' And it would show that we're serious and committed. Then Mrs. Peach will choose us for the field trip for sure, Chloe squealed. That's a wicked idea, Zoe said, staring in awe at the beautiful tattooed model in the magazine. I bet we're going to look as cool as her once we get ours. Sweet! Okay, I could deal with going on a boring field trip for National Library Week, but there was just no way I was getting a tattoo to celebrate going on a boring field trip for National Library Week. I mean, what kind of tattoo would I even get? I had to think fast. Um, I agree this is the coolest idea, you guys. But I just found out a few days ago that I'm super allergic to spray-painted hearing aids. Chloe and Zoe looked really confused. Why would anyone spray paint a hearing aid? That's like so bizarre, Chloe said, shaking her head like I was really pathetic. Zoe agreed. That's when I lost it and yelled at them both. You know what I think is bizarre? Bizarre is getting a tattoo for National Library Week. But I just said that inside my head, so no one else heard it but me. Well, spray paint and tattoo ink are both kind of um colourful. So I'm pretty sure I'm allergic, I said, which is really unfair because I was totally looking forward to getting a tattoo one day before I die. Well, if it's a medical problem, we understand. Right, Zoe? Hey, why don't you help us pick out our tattoos? Chloe was trying to make me feel better. Yeah, we should ask our parents to take us to get them this weekend, Zoe said excitedly. I can hardly wait to see the look on Mrs Peach's face when she sees our tattoos. But I already knew what her face was going to look like when she saw Chloe and Zoe. And it has a picture of Mrs Peach passing out. And the girl's going, oh no, uh, Mrs Peach. Poor Mrs Peach. Alright, and that's the end of that for today. Thanks for listening.